Heavenly Father God, I just thank you for this morning, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity to just come together and um, just worship you and just hear from you this morning, God. And just pray, uh, Father, that nothing would hinder your word going forth this morning. And uh, I just thank you for everyone that is here this morning. Father, that our hearts and our minds would be focused and fixed upon you and that we would walk away um, changed and uh, that our lives would give you glory and honor in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, God, that your mercies are new each morning. We thank you, Father, that the work that you've begun in us, Lord, you are faithful to complete it. I pray, God, as we open your word today, Lord, that we would be encouraged. Father, to set our gaze upon you, Lord. Not look to the right or to the left or even to look behind. But God, to set our gaze on you, the author and the finisher of our faith. We pray, God, that this time would be, God, a time that would honor you. God, that your word will go forth and not return void. And that, God, you know where each of us are at. And I thank you, God, that you are faithful to meet us there pray, God, that we would respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit. We pray for those that are not with us today. We pray for Michelle as she's not feeling well. We pray for your healing touch upon her body. We thank you, God, for this fellowship. Thank you for the encouragement. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning to everyone. We're going to go to Psalm 66 is where we're heading this morning. We're going to work through a lot of scripture this morning. Um, next Sunday, tentatively, we will be meeting. I'm not sure um, what it will look like, depending. I have wisdom teeth that are being removed on Friday. So um, tentatively, we'll be meeting. Um, if anything, we'll probably be listening to a message from Pastor Eric um, via the, uh, the video. Um, <clears throat> But, and we're not meeting, we'll meet this Wednesday night to do a deeper study of what we're discussing today. And then um, Friday night, we will not be meeting. We'll pick back up in Tony Evans' series of spiritual warfare in a couple of weeks on Friday night. I'm mean, actually, we're going to start the series over. We only saw one anyways, but we're just going to start it over on Friday nights. Um, and that's in two weeks. We'll pick that series back up. But it's good to be up. Thank you all for praying for me. As some of you know, I've been struggling over the past two months with bronchitis. Severe case of it, um, but I'm on steroids now. My lungs are opening up. Um, I've been on them for a couple of days, so I was hoping it wouldn't keep me down this weekend. But it's good to be together with you all, and it's good to have you with us 
But today is Pentecost Sunday. And I wanted to just to remind us the reason why we, we observe this day and remember this day. So listen to this here. The celebration of Pentecost Sunday reminds us of the reality that we all have the unifying spirit that was poured out upon the first century church in Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4. It is a reminder that we are co-heirs with Christ to suffer with him that we may also be glorified with him. That the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. First Corinthians 12, 7. That we are all baptized by one spirit into one body. First Corinthians 12, 13. And that the spirit which raised Jesus from the dead lives inside believers. Romans 8, 9 through 11. The gift of the Holy Spirit that was promised <clears throat> and given to all believers on the first Pentecost is promised for you and your children and for all who are far off whom the Lord our God will call. And that promise is in Acts chapter 2, verse 39. <clears throat> Praise God, you all. You know, Jesus himself says, I have to go away so that he will come. The Holy Spirit, our comforter, our teacher, our guide. The Bible says that if we walk continually in the Spirit, we won't gratify the desires of the flesh. Praise God. We have this hope. We have this hope that Jesus himself has declared of the Holy Spirit. And I just encourage each of us that as you're walking in the newness of life, and we touched on this last Sunday, last Sunday we, we kind of, last Sunday and today we're kind of on a detour from where we've been. Actually, where we've been is we've been walking through the Bible. We're starting in Genesis, and then we're moving to Matthew. Then we go to Psalm, and we close in Proverbs. And that's kind of where we've been beginning in this year. But due to the sickness and all, we've kind of taken a detour. I told you all that usually if I'm laid up and laid out and I can't move, it's really actually a good time because it gives me a lot of time to really start reflecting and really allowing the Lord just to deal with things in my life and really allowing Him just to minister to me. And through this time, he's been, that song that was just last played has kind of been like this incredible anthem over my life over the past couple of months. Just remembering that first love. I don't know about you. I don't know how much thought you give of it. But do you remember the day? The day that you just bowed your knee. You saw your need for a Savior. You know, that God was pleased to reveal himself to you through his son Jesus. Ah, oh, there's something about that, returning to your first love and what that ignites within you and why we do what we do and for, for, for him and for him alone. It's not about us anymore. We talked about that last week and really broke it down, that Jesus has truly set us free. And there is a newness of life. We have been born again. You know? So today I really want to hone in on living it out and encouraging all to live it out, your testimony. And not just the words of your testimony, but your life. Your life. So that you are a display for all to see of God's mercy and grace. His love. You know? That God himself. You've heard me say over and over, and we talk a lot about it here, that the world is growing darker. And in this hour and the days to come, the church is to be growing brighter. It's not time for us to retreat. It's not time for us to go, you know, in a different direction. No, it's time for us to really hold fast to God, to his truth, 
into what he says. So I really want to just focus today, kind of as we're doing a detour, but kind of come right back around, um, but focusing in on living it out. And what does that look like? So if you go to Psalm, if you're there, Psalm 66, and we're going to look at verse 16 through 20. Share your testimony. Tell others what he has done for you. Listen to what the scriptures declare here. <clears throat> Come and listen, all who fear God, and I will tell what he did for me. For I cried out to him for help, praising him as I spoke. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer. Praise God, who did not ignore my prayer or withdraw his unfailing love for me. Come and listen, the psalmist says here. All who fear God. And I would tell you what he did for me. Wow. How excited are you to tell others about what God has done for you? What is the motivation of your heart each day that you get up? See, as Christians, our motivation is giving God all the glory. <laughs> to serve as He served, to, to love as He loved. To not make this newness of life about me, myself, and I. But learning truly to die to self. And what does that look like? And to pick up our cross daily and to follow him. Come, let me tell you what he has done for me. Sharing Christ with others, you all. Sharing Christ with others. And praise be to God. I love this part in the psalm here where it talks and it says about that repentance. If I had not turned, if I had not, you know, confessed my sin... The Lord would not have listened. But God did listen. And in that, look what he says here. He did not ignore my prayer and did not withdraw his unfailing love from me. You know, God's love, his love will never fail. His love endures forever. His love, you all. And the hope that we have in Christ. And I've been encouraging you all to get out there. Start talking and having spiritual conversations with others. Connect with others. Share with them the goodness of our God. Tell him of his marvelous works and what he has done for you. Because in Matthew, if you turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16... <clears throat> verses we all have heard and know. But chapter 5, verse 14 through 16, Jesus' words, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise <coughs> your heavenly Father. You are the light 
of the world. And I, I believe it was last week I encouraged us, don't wait for pastors, don't wait for evangelists, don't wait for the super spiritual to do all the work. All of us are called. All of us have been given the ministry of reconciliation. All of us are to go forth. All of us are to burn bright. All of us are called to go and to live it out. To live it out. You are the light of the world. Don't hide. Don't shrink back. Don't be intimidated. Live boldly. You know? Trust God. You know, day in and day out, no matter your circumstances, all of us are facing different things. And if we're not facing anything, it's coming. <laughs> we're all going to be pressed in on every side, but we will not be crushed. Yeah. We're the bride of Christ. If you're sitting here this morning and you're a Christian, you're not your own anymore. You're bought with a price. There's work to be done. Last week, I really focused in on, you know, being an effective laborer in the harvest. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And so that's why we we're called to pray to the Lord of the harvest for laborers. And I want to challenge us to be an effective laborer day in and day out. Day in and day out, no matter what's going on in your life. Your circumstances does not dictate your birthright. If you're in Christ, you're in Christ. And Jesus himself said, in this world, you will have trouble. Ah, but be of good cheer. (laughs) Because the one in whom we placed our trust in has already overcome the world. So we can go forward and we can move forward and we can live it out and we can be the light of the world. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. First Corinthians chapter 9. And we're looking at verse 24 through 27. <clears throat> Running the race to win. Also living a life that honors God and not disqualifying your testimony. Listen to these scriptures here. 9, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. Don't you realize that in every race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete. I'm training to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. This is Paul, you all. Listen to what he's saying here. Listen to how he's encouraging the church. Run the race. Stay disciplined. Listen to what he's saying here. So I run with purpose in every step. In every step. That really challenges me. 
are my steps purpose each and every single day as I'm going throughout my day am I truly focused am I purposeful to discipline myself he says I'm not just shadow boxing no I'm living on purpose there's work to be done. When we talk about our, the spiritual disciplines, you know, that I think, you know, in, in, in today's generation of church that we're lacking in it, a prayer, a fasting, a fellowship, studying the Word of God, encouraging each other, disciplining ourselves, Day in and day out. It's the newness of life and who we are. We're no longer a slave to sin. And we're now we're a slave to righteousness. And there's a way in which we ought to be living. And I, and I, I, I find it interesting that Paul himself says, <clears throat> I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. How you live your life really reflects whom you're serving. God, man, or self. But to discipline your bodies daily. To, to, to truly walk with purpose, to serve with purpose. And don't let it become religion. Don't let it become works of just religious works. Because we talked about that here before. That amounts to nothing. We already know that. The Bible is very clear of that. Not holding a form of religion and denying God's power. We don't want to be those people. But we want to be people who are purposeful in what we're doing. And how we're serving. How we're loving. Because it's vital. Vital to keeping the, the, the fire flame stoked so that we're burning bright, <laughs> that we're living it out, that people see that there's something different about you. What is it? Gives you the opportunity just to talk and to share. I was with a young lady the other day and she was sharing her testimony with me. She came from a godless family. But yet she began working at this clothing store. And her supervisor was a Christian. And her supervisor kept asking her, you know, um, you should come to church with me one day. And she kept telling her, no, 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 I don't believe in God. And definitely, surely not your God, you know. And she was really combative all the time with the supervisor. But she said this woman would not give up. She would ask her, how can I pray for you? she would share a little encouragement with her. And she looked at me and she said, Rob, she loved me like no one else has before. Not even my parents. I've never received such love even in my own home. Two years later, after not working in that store, and I went through a rough season in my life, and the only one that I knew 
that would answer the call if I called him with her, even though I hadn't spoken with her. And she said, Rob, I picked up the phone and I called her. And I said, I'm ready to go to church with you. She said that day she went to church and it was that the pastor was speaking just to her. She accepted Jesus that day. I said, wow, just in tears listening to her like, man. And she said, Rob, I had other Christians around me. But one lived it before me. I said, oh, God. I just don't want to be a Christian that's around people. I want to be a Christian that's living it before them. Just one woman managing a clothing store, <coughs> impacting lives of these young girls that are coming in, working with her. She's living on purpose. She's living on purpose. And that's what I want to challenge us today with. Live on purpose. You never know who's watching you. You never know who you're going to influence for the kingdom. <laughs> for the kingdom. It's powerful. Go to Galatians chapter 6. <clears throat> Verse 14. <laughs> and this is becoming one of our favorite verses here. Because I think I talk about it every time we meet. <laughs> and so I want to get it back before us today. Listen to this verse. As for me, man, never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross... My interest in this world has been crucified, and the world's interest in me has also died. Can't never boast of anything else but the cross of my Savior. And it's because of that cross. Listen to what it says there. <clears throat> my, <clears throat> my interest in this world has been crucified. And the world's interest in me has also died. Again, we're not called to live according to the flesh. We recognize. We've nailed the interests. We've nailed those desires to the cross. And he has freed us. He who the Son has set free is free indeed. And there's a way in which we ought to live. There is a kingdom in which we have been engrafted in that we are to reflect. This world is not our home. We're just foreigners passing through. If you're a Christian, you have to be entangled with sin. In fact, the word says to throw off the, the word says to throw off the sin that so easily entangles you. To really to, to, to live differently. <clears throat> And I've challenged you time and time again with this verse. Do you really see yourself? That I have been cru crucified with Christ. But in the scripture it says that my interest in this world has been crucified. And the world's interest in me has also died. That we're not yoking ourselves up. 
with the things of this world. But we're letting our light shine. That's how we should be living. Living it out. Who we are. And again, we've talked about it before, lest we think we're talking about Christian perfectionism. It's not about being perfect, but it is about maturing. We've talked about grace over the past week or so. And we've talked about it many times before. That grace is the power to transform us. It's not the license to continue to sin. That is not how a believer ought to be living. Because then what hope is there? What hope would there be in Christ if we were just remaining enslaved? No, he's come to set the captives free. He's defeated sin and death. He is victorious. Our God is victorious. He is alive. That's great news. And so how do you see yourself day in and day out? You should be encouraging yourself in your faith. You should be in fellowship with other believers so that we're encouraging, we're edifying, we're building each other up. And we're honoring God. Go to Philippians chapter 1. Verse 27. Philippians 1, verse 27, and I'm going to read through verse 30. And I'm jumping right into chapter 2, and I'm going to read through verse 16. Here we go. Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Live it out, you all. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved, even by God himself. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I am still in the midst of it. Paul is calling them to live as citizens of heaven. Conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. And I love this beautiful picture that he gives of the church and how the church should be together. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I know that you are standing together with one spirit, one purpose, fighting together for one purpose, fighting together for faith, which is the good news. There is a way in which we are called to live. There is work to be done get out there and to live among the world shining your light doing life together as the body of Christ building community loving each other 
being of one spirit, one purpose. We're not to be divided. We're not to be, you know, devouring each other, which we're warned time and time again to stop doing. Like, we ought to be able to look at the church and to see a beautiful expression of love. Because do you remember what the word says? How would they know that we belong to him? By our love for one another. Not by our worship. Not by how good the preaching is. Not by how all the gifts are being displayed. Because we can have all that, but if we're not loving, we got nothing. But to truly love one another. To truly begin to, to do life with one another. Stop the backbiting, stop the arguing, stop all this other stuff that goes on, fighting for position. But just truly learning to love. Truly giving back what we've received. Do you really know what Christ has done for you? Do you really grasp what, what you have because of him? As you receive it, give it away freely. As you receive it, give it away. And yes, there's going to be times where we rough each other up. <laughs> I step on your toes, you step on mine. <clears throat> but it's in those times we're quick to reconcile. We're quick to reconcile. Not to harbor ill will towards one another. But to reconcile. Because our lives are now to be lived to honor God. To honor God. To live as citizens of heaven. For you, look at verse 29 there. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. Wow. Have you just sat on that for a moment? Have you really just looked at that scripture? I mean, when I think about what our brothers and sisters are suffering overseas, my God, Jesus. Jesus. And it's called a privilege to suffer. Wow. There's this clip that's on our own Facebook and social media. I don't know if you've seen it years ago when those men were paraded on the beach and ISIS decapitated all of them, but they've gone back and they're interviewing their families. And I was watching it yesterday, I'm just like, God. You know, they're talking to the wives, they're talking to family members, and you know, and just how they just, they're full of joy. And they consider it joy. You know, when I hear or updates from the persecuted areas, and especially when I've seen it worded time and time and time again, don't pray for the persecution to stop. Pray that we would endure. What? Jesus. They get it. And I challenged us here. The first thing that blows up against us, we're ready to crumble. That should not be. That should not be. We should be standing. We should grow and mature in our faith. 
know in whom we belong to. Honor God and how we're living and serving, especially among each other. Building that love, that community of believers. He goes on here in chapter 2. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. We're talking about living it out, y'all. Listen to these instructions. <clears throat> Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. To think of others, you all, before you think of yourself. To live differently, you all. I mean, truly, to be different. It can be done. Because if it couldn't, it wouldn't be in here. It can be done. Now, like I said, I've had a lot of weeks to lay up in bed. And I think I was talking to Carrie the other night. Like, when I think of who I used to be, how selfish I used to be. It was all about me, myself, and I, as it is with all of us before Christ. But when I truly think about the disgusting man that I was, I th it's like a dead man that I talk about. Like, when I truly think of the who I was and things I did, I go, oh my goodness. And in and of myself, that's where I would be. Because in and of myself, that's all I know. But in Christ, and in the years that I've walked with Him and growing and maturing in Christ, it's amazing what He can do with our lives if we would just submit and obey. I'm not perfect. Still times where it kind of wears its ugly head. But the Holy Spirit is quick. To bring that conviction like, oh, yeah, God, that's not where I belong. Think about it as you go through your days. Not to be selfish. <laughs> Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others better than yourselves. Think about that, you all. To think of others better than yourself. What do we do with a loss? See, I want to encourage you to go live it out. But God help us not to be Christians who think we're better than the unchristians. <laughs> we walk around pious and, and, and spiritual and, and we're better than you. Did we forget that we once we're like them. Did we forget how Jesus treated them? 
So I want to encourage you all to get out there and live before them. Show them a different way. We're not better than them. But what we have to share with them can make them better. Can set them free. Just to live like others are better than us. To look at people differently. Not looking out for our own interests. Taking interest in others. You must have the same attitude that Jesus, or Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, it goes on, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I am away, it is even more important. Listen to this. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Underline that, highlight that, make that a, a scripture that you meditate on throughout the week. For God is working in you, giving you the desires and the power to do what pleases him. Who's doing the work? God. That's why this life has to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit. It's a new way of life. In and of yourself, you would not go this way. In and of yourself, you will try to do good, to be good, to you know, follow the law. Who wants to live under that burden? To live in freedom in Christ, knowing that it's God who's working this in and through you. It's Him even giving you the desire for it and the power to do what pleases Him. I know what I would do. You know what you would do if you were in control. But it's that complete surrender. God, I belong to you. God, I'm yours. Lead me and I'll follow. Oh God, thank you for bringing that conviction. Thank you for just exposing that in my life so that I can repent and I can turn and I can go a different direction. Thank you that I'm not in myself trying to clean myself up or doing it so that, you know, somehow I I'm honoring you because in and of my own strength I'm doing it. No, I can't. All I have is my you. I only can be dependent upon you. God, it's you. Thank you for giving me even the desire to even desire you. Like you've begun this. You're faithful to complete it. You'll give me the power to live it. 
Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. And just the first part of verse 16, hold firmly to the word of life. Living it out, you all. Living in such a way that's honoring God so that others are drawn to Him. Not to you, but to Him. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Verse 3 through 6. And then I'm jumping to 9 through 23. I love the hope that we find in these scriptures here that we're about to read. That the good news is being preached throughout the world. And that fruit is coming from it. Lives are being changed. Transformed lives. People living it out. Christ being exalted. Men and women drawn, being drawn unto him. I remember the testimony of the, the slums over in India. Where these women, for the majority of their life, were just pushed aside, treated like nothing. And these missionaries go in and they share the love of God. They live among them. And these women came to know Christ. And I'll never forget the image that I saw of them getting up every day with purpose in the slum with their little broken broom sweeping. The little, the little mat that they had, not even a mat, a piece of wood that was in front of their home, but it really wasn't a home. And they would go out and clean up the areas and when asked, you know, why are you doing this? Why, why are you doing this? Why are you putting so much effort in this? And they said, because my life has been changed. With the little that I have, I want to honor God. So that others would be welcomed in. They looked beyond the condition of where they were living, and they saw whom they were living for. (laughs) They want to create an environment where people will see something different in their culture and in their custom. And they began to hold these little Bible studies. They held themselves differently. They didn't see themselves as the lowest of the low. They saw themselves as children of God. And other women began to take notice. Remember we talked last week about the woman that was caught in adultery? She was dragged before Jesus. Thrown before him. And I said to y'all last week, as I was kind of working through that portion of scripture as I was laid up. I was really moved. I mean, I've seen it before, but I, I don't know. It really caught my eye. That as she was thrown before Jesus in the dirt, that Jesus got down in the dirt with her. See, that's what he does in our lives. 
began to, to write in the sand. And as we know, we don't know what he wrote, but I told you last week, I, I'm encouraged by a commentary I read years ago <laughs> that he started writing out the Ten Commandments. And as those religious men stood over them, they began to back away. And that's why he looked at them and said, he used out, out without sin, throw the first stone. The one that should have thrown the stone should have been Jesus. He was without sin. But he says to her, woman, where are your accusers? And in my mind's eye, the thing I see is that her head was probably hung down in shame. But when asked that question, she had to look up. They were gone. And he says, I don't accuse you. Get up and go sin no more. And I believe I said to you last week, there must have been a different step in her walk when she got up. Because probably the first time in her life, she felt valued, loved, touched by God. See, your life changes when you encounter God. Like, you're not to remain the same. Like, go sin no more. Live differently. Go and let people see what God has done in your life. So just as we opened up in Psalm 66, go declare what he has done. Walk differently. Talk differently. Be different because you are, because you're not the same. The old has died. Behold, all things are being made new. I think about those women in India. They could have stayed and looked at their circumstances and said, what did he do for me? <laughs> he didn't change my position. He didn't increase my, my wealth. They weren't looking for that stuff. They knew what he did for them. They were freed from the enslavement of this life apart from God. They knew their value now and whom they served. And they wanted to serve with excellence. <clears throat> Colossians. <clears throat> we always pray for you and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You've had this expectation since you first heard the truth of the good news. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. Listen to that. It is bearing fruit everywhere, look, by changing lives. Just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. Verse 9, so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. 
then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power, so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you, there again, he's at work in you, to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before everything, I'm sorry, anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is the first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you, wow, who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body, As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard of the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. The word is going forth. Lives are being changed, you all. Go to 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 12. We're going to read through verse 22. Living it out, you all. Being encouraged. Verse 12, 1 Thessalonians 5. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak and be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Don't stifle the Holy Spirit, do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good and stay away from every kind of evil. Instructions on how we should be living. To live out what God has done in our lives. 
to honor him, you all. To inc- look, look at this. We urge you to warn those who are lazy, encouraging those who are timid. Take, ten- take tender care of those who are weak and be patient with everyone. How are we doing with that, you all? And how are you doing with that? Individually and then just collectively. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful. Never stop praying and be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. To live it out. You know, I've encouraged this before. If we can't live it out among believers, we're not going to live it out among the unbelievers. It's so vital first to live it out in community with each other. To really begin to learn how to honor God and honor each other. To hold each other accountable. To encourage each other. To edify each other. To not allow each other just to stay enslaved. (laughs) But to come alongside each other. To take care of each other. To have patience with each other. But to truly learn to love. And to live it out, you all. There's work to be done. There's work to be done. We've got a community, we've got a city that we're planted in. And while we're here, we ought to be good stewards, effective laborers. We have a beautiful city that we need to be out in and loving others, encouraging others, especially of the faith but then for the lost, loving and serving them. Allowing them to see, not only, not only hear our words, but to see our lives. To see our lives. To give them a, a hope. I thank God. I thank God for how he utilizes us as a fellowship and then just utilizes this home. i never forget that one young lady, Gilda, who showed up at our door with her son. <laughs> Just crushed by life. And it was funny because Gilda gets chuckled because her son was really like a high-energy kid. And he came up here and just started tearing everything up. Things were all over the floor. <laughs> And my flesh was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> but I had to be like, oh, no, okay, just, now, you know, if I would have reacted crazy, like, she would right then and there, you know, walked out. So I couldn't have the expectations for her and her son as I may have for my grandkids when they come. Like, they know not to come and just throw everything every which way. I can't put that expectation on her and him. But in the midst of that, I had to look beyond the destruction and see the destruction. Her woundedness. Life beating her down. And to be able to offer her hope in the midst of a chaotic situation. 
And that's what I've seen over the years of just doing ministry. Is I don't even know some of the people that show up. I didn't know Norma. But somehow, some way, they hear. And they're not coming to see Rob and Gilda. No, they're coming for hope. That's why I have that sign up 24-7. That's why I encourage you all. This isn't, you just don't show up, okay, it's an hour or two on Sunday, and then, okay, we're back off to do whatever we want. No, this is your life. You should be opening up your home. You should be sitting down in coffee shops at a restaurant in a park. You should be making yourself available for people. And I know that's a stretch, but trust me, God will give you what you need to endure through it. To really connect with people. And to tell them of the love of God. And the hope that is in Christ. Remember, not the watered-down gospel. And please, you all. The true gospel. The Jesus of the Bible. Not the Jesus that's being promoted. Who isn't Jesus at all. But the true gospel. Remember, I've shared with you, if you hear the gospel that's giving you the right to self, run from it. Because that's not the gospel. You won't find that anywhere in here. But to truly live a life that's honoring God and living it out. And, <clears throat> and I think we've read, I'm kind of getting lost, in, <clears throat> but we've read 1 Thessalonians? Yes. No. Yeah. Yes. Bye. Yeah. I'll read it again for you. <laughs> you said it. Yeah, I think we no, read it. No, I did. I did. First <clears throat> Thessalonians, <laughs> chapter five, verse twelve through twenty-two. Right? I read it right. Well, I have stuff written. But anyways, I love how it ends there. Stay away from every kind of evil. Stay away. You know. To really honor God, you all. To live it out. Because people are watching. People are looking at your lives. If you're telling them one way, and yet they see you doing it differently, then what really are you sharing with them? Alright, so let's go to Second Timothy. <clears throat> Second Timothy, chapter 1. Verse 6 through 14. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I am in prison for him. With the strength God gives you to ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. What is that? Second Timothy. That's not what you're reading. That's a one eight. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, one six. Let me go back to six. This is why I remind you to fan. There, that's the one I want. To fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord, and don't be ashamed of me either even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer for me for the sake of the good news. <clears throat> for God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, 
but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And now he has made all of this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life (coughs) (coughs) through the good news. And God chose me to be a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of this good news. That is why I am suffering here in prison. But I am not ashamed of it, for I know the one in whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you've learned from me, a pattern shaped by faith, by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. Let's close in Revelation. Chapter 12, verse 1. talking about living it out you all we're talking about your testimony guarding what has been entrusted to you being a good steward that's what a great scripture to kind of end with is the victory that we have over the enemy it says here and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony and they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Listen, we're called to go out. What, what scripture was that? 1211. No, 12, tw- yeah, 1211. Okay, I think you said one. I'll do it, I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, well, 1211. So, truly live it out, you all. <clears throat> I just want to encourage us in that. You know, I'm not sure where you're at in your walk or how you're doing with connecting with others. But I really just want to encourage you all to get out there and live it. You know, these weeks that I've had laid up, that's been my heart's prayer for myself and for all of us. That our lives would bear fruit. That people would be drawn to Jesus. Because not only of your words, but of your life. And that ultimately God will get all the glory and honor. Amen. All right, well, let me close this with this last song. <laughs> and then, um, Norma, would you close this in prayer? Thank you. So after this song, if you'll, if you'll do that for us, okay? Thank you.
Jesus.